started it. You just started it? Yes. Okay, cool. So what, I, what you're just hearing is the opening number from La La Land. Another day of sun. We're playing That's, the we're opening playing number. Opening number we, you can't hear it, but we're playing it. And we, uh, this is Caitlin Looney. And this is Ryan Kenny. And welcome to The Great Blight Way. Another podcast like all other podcasts. And this week we have a very special guest. Yes. Mr. Tyler Dean Kemp. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's thank here. You. And this week we brought... We're doing it. A very special movie. Talk about with Tyler. And that would be... I'm going to do my best fade down on my voice. Okay. La La Land. La La Land. I think that's how she said it when yeah. she read it on the Oscars. <laughs> uh, La La Land, a... How many Oscars did it win? Seven, I think. Seven? Something like seven, that. Seven. Almost eight. Almost. <laughs> Thank <it> God <laughs> not eight. Because it was not... I think it was like... No, no, it won six, so almost six? seven. All right. It's in front it's of me. right there. Well, still thank God not eight. Yeah. Because uh, it was, it was, but it was like the most nominated movie of like all time, basically. Is it? That's of that, of that year, said. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's the it's the fourteen nominations altogether. Tying the Titanic and All About Eve had the same amount. That's cute. Yeah. Good for La La Land. Good for La La Land. It, this is a movie where I just feel like I I kept on going. Good for you. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And there's no harm. Directed by Damien Chazelle. His sophomore. No, this is his third but, movie. But it. But wasn't it his? Did he shoot this before he shot Whiplash? No. This he was. Shot the, yeah. He shot it immediately after, and then it had extensive reshoots last year. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And then before that, he had Guy and Madeline on a park bench, but no one has ever seen that movie. I really wonder what those reshoots entailed. Like, what was the movie before the reshoots? Uh, I heard pretty much the same. They just want to go do it better. Because they probably had got a bigger budget. Yeah, that's probably true, like, yeah. Uh, let's spend more money they, on they this. They added all the stuff with J.K. Simmons and the, the great and underused Rosemary DeWitt. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> She really is so underused. Why is she here? She's too good to be in the film. You know that she's friends with the director or really. or just someone involved in that somehow she's doing a favor. Yeah, and then I know they like the the th- famous thing with the po- the poster, the yellow dress and all that stuff. That's a reshoot scene. Yeah. They, rewrote, they wrote that song and put that in there. Cute. Yeah. And well, I believe it's also, a shame it wasn't better. Yep. Yeah. Although that's the one I liked. That's the only thing I like about the movie. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> cool. Um, a quick summation of this film. Of La La Land. It's about two, two dreamers and oh, okay. artists. You can do it. I was gonna say two lovers, but they're two dreamers. They're both. Uh, living in Los Angeles, doing what everyone else I know in Los Angeles is trying to do. Can we can we preface that with say two white dreamers? Two, two, two very very white dreamers who are in a white bubble, yeah. as it were. And one of them's an actor. One of them is into jazz music. Way too into jazz. That music. isn't actually jazz music. <laughs> uh, That's and true. they meet each other. There's a very long meet cute, and then because the movie starts off yeah. with the two sides of their story before they meet. Yes. Starts off with her and what's her name? Lee. Mia. Mia. Oh, Mia. And his name is Sebastian. And they call him Seb. I've never met a white man named Sebastian before. I hate that. 
I met a crab named Sebastian. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> but I've never met a white man named Sebastian. Uh, but the movie opens. Uh, let's talk about the opening of the movie. Yes. Because it, it's something that people really came to the movie to see. Um, this movie is. How do I say it? It's. It is an homage to the old school Hollywood musical, but it, there are head it uses. It uses the techniques of which those movies were made, but not. In the same way that those movies were made, they uses them just to show off. They don't offer. That's, that's a great. That's a great way of putting it. They. Uh, it's a head nod, right? It's, yeah. It's, but it, they don't do it better. No. No. Um, and that's why I have a problem with like long takes. They're just there to show off, unless you're really using it to tell a story differently. I think the only time, I, the last time I saw a long take that I really liked was Atonement. <laughs> oh, did you not care for them in in uh, like um, Shame or oh, Twelve know. Years a Slave? That director you loves I, a long take. Yeah, yeah, Steve McQueen does like a long take. I think I like them more in Twelve Years a Slave. I haven't seen Shame. Steve in a McQueen, long time. Steve McQueen, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to, but they also like I, when they happen in those movies, especially like in Steve McQueen movies. I'm like, there's a Steve McQueen long take, yeah. so it does pull me out of the movie. But I also yeah. love them when they're done well. Yes, because it forces you to live in it. But in La La Land, you don't want to live there. And people right. aren't people aren't doing long takes necessarily the way like Steven Spielberg does long takes, which is that he uses them just to get scenes out of the way mm-hmm. but that's the way they used to do them back in the 50s and 40s it's just, just to like not have so much staging um, but here with the opening number Another Day of Sun it's really too much and it's not exactly one take either you it, 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 no it makes you think it's one take right want it to be one take and it's, it's the, it's the Birdman one take yeah. it's the grab I I I was so excited to see this movie. I'm not going to lie. Wait, I'm not oh, Caitlin and I were beside We were so pumped to see this movie. I am with you 100% on that. And the opening number, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And it opens up on the, on the 170 it's, freeway, which I, 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 I me I and my friends. I haunted many yes. a time. And it's, it's lit. Like, I'm like, yes, this is what we need and want. And then... When we when I rewatched it, and the second that song ends, I'm immediately in a bad mood. Yeah. Because I know everything that's coming. <laughs> it promises so much; it does not. Yes, it, the, the, it, there's so many things in this movie that trick you into thinking it's going to be a good movie, and it's not. But if I may, yeah, go crazy. I agree with you. The concept of this opening number is perfection, mm-hmm. right? From the cinemascope to like all of this, I'm like, I am leaning in. This is mm-hmm. the movie I came to see. I understand that this is an homage film. I'm excited about that. But rewatching that opening sequence, I, I dragged my husband to see this movie on Christmas, by the way. Yes. This was this was became our Christmas movie. Oh, no. He was not excited to see it. And I was <laughs> like, this is gonna be my new Moulin Rouge. Like this is gonna be yeah. and you love Moulin Rouge, you'll love this movie. That's how I sold it to him. He did not love it. Um, but in rewatching it, uh, I, I pay closer attention to the abilities of the performers. Yes. And I'm like, oh, you all have a very like real world feel to you, meaning you did not pick the most perfect dancers. You did not pick the most perfect singers. No. They are there to represent the variety that is Los Angeles for the only time for, in this yeah. movie where you have a variety of, of people that, that somewhat represents the city, although I'm a little annoyed by how this is the Latino person and they're dancing a Latina dance. Yeah. Like, 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 this is really weird to me. Um, but uh, as they're like walking through the cars and singing to each other, I'm like, what'd she say? 
what you say? Yeah. Because the vocals are very similar to the vocals throughout the rest of the film, which are speak singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I I wanted better singers. Yeah. I, well, I, and that yeah. yeah, and that I was saying like earlier, everyone sings in their head voice in this mm-hmm. in this movie, and it's like no 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 no. We need like real singers and real dancers who exist, and it's like I understand why you would cast people who are not. Singers and dancers? Yeah. Sure, go ahead. But when you have working singers and dancers who could crush this number, why aren't you casting them? Because mm-hmm. when you really look at the choreography in this film, uh, I could do it. And I'm not a good dancer. You can tell. I mean, who is um, Mandy Moore, right? Mandy Moore yes. did the choreography. Not, not the singer, not but not the choreographer. But I thought it was the singer. I know. So you think you could dance choreographer? Yes. That's what I know oh. from. Um, and she, you know, she does really good work on that. She's like a poor man's Mia Michaels, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, no one can be Mia Michaels. She's the greatest choreographer that's ever come for that show. That's a female. Yes. Uh, and because I love, what's his name? Little gay boyfriend. Did you guys watch the show? I don't watch I've, I've watched several seasons, but I'm bad with names. There's a, there's a young dancer from that show who became a choreographer, and he became like her protege, Mia Michaels' oh, protege. Okay. I love him. And now he's covered in tattoos and hot little twig. But, <laughs> but I digress. Um, you could tell the choreography was like stylistically appropriate, but but pulled back on the difficulty. Yes, mm-hmm. what it reminds me of, and I, I don't, I, this might be the homage that they're shooting for, but it reminds me of the opening of Jacques Demy's Young Girls of Rushmore. That's true. Which is, I think, it's definitely a nod to that. Yeah, of yes. the of people of the this traveling cars and with all show. the like steps that like, there's a lot of stepping yeah. in this opening number i'm like oh yes i know what you're doing yeah well in fact i, I will say this movie no matter how m- many references there are to like the gene kelly musicals and the vincent minnelli musicals th- this does heavily rely on imagery taken from uh jacques demy's young girls of rushmore and um umbrellas of Sherbrooke. which are beautiful films yes and you sound really smart right now, by the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely right. There's there's clear moments stolen, not stolen. Uh, no, you uh, can say stolen. No, because it's not. I mean, I mean, the movie's not a ripoff. It's a, it's it's an homage, like a Tarantino film is an homage, but Tarantino does it well typically. Yeah. Right. This is. This is a. a someone, this is a, someone said to me. It's a fuckboy homage. It's a college boy film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say that. This it, to me, it feels so much like a college student film. Yes. Of, of, of like a normal they had straight a really, boy director saying like, I love musicals too. They had a you really know. successful Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And like, that's how I felt about It Follows. Yes. That's exactly yes. what that is too. Yeah. Me. I'm like, oh, okay, you're showing me you know this technique, you know oh, this technique. Good, you know good technique. job, buddy. Congratulations. Good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but I guess Another Day of Sun for me is one of the more exciting oh, moments. I guess. <laughs> yep. Because it's, it's the big numbers that everyone loves from movie musicals, but it's the only big number we get. For a while. Yeah. Uh, and if you're really looking at like a full cast, this is like the, the most we really get. Yeah, it's mostly it's basically a two-character movie as it goes along. And then we're introduced to Mia, and that's not boring. She's the more interesting of the two. Yeah, I think... Well, first of all, I think that... Being performers at this table, we connect yeah. to the audition process. We yeah. connect to the failure, the constant criticism, and constantly like uh, comparing yourself to other people around you if you're up for the same part. Like, I think that's a relatable world for the three people at this table right yeah. now. Yeah, I think so, it's a relatable world for 
all of the people who love this film. Because there are people who love this film, and they're like, that's what I'm, that's the life I'm living. I'm an artist. Wow. Well, I also think that Emma Stone's performance is the only one that's clearly create like clearly thought out and clearly created and it's in the world of the movie i mm-hmm. think ryan gosling is in another world and in a different movie i don't understand what he's but doing. i will say her eyeballs are the reason she won the oscar like that's another thing i will say i commented on this when we saw it her face is so stretched out in this movie it looks so weird i think it's because it was filmed in cinemascope and they put so it's just filmed in white it's not filmed in cinemascope Did I, is it are you sure no, i think they just put that on there they just faked yeah. it yeah then I think it's because they did so many close-ups in a wide shot. Yeah, and her face is just really stretched out. Yeah. It's, it's re- it is really uncomfortable. It's like watching Funny Girl. It's like Barbara Streisand's face is not that big. But it's really strange to That's look interesting. at. interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are better performances this year. If we're going to talk about Oscar, there are better performances this year in better films. Yeah. I think that, I think that her, uh, politics played a big part in her winning this. Yeah. I think that the fact that she is an it girl in Hollywood played a big part. It's, it's the same reason Julia Roberts won for Aaron Brockovich. And they love and getting first time. Gwyneth Paltrow won for Shakespeare in Love. Like you know, like they. It's time and place. Yeah, it's time yeah. and place. Now, and, the, and there's elements of those movies that I love as well, right? Those performances are not bad performances, and I don't think that her performance in this, acting wise, is bad by no. any means. No, it's actually really good at times. But I think that a lot went into her getting that Oscar. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So. The, the best actress race this year. I mean, this this talk will definitely be about the Oscars as well and what happened. Um, but the best actress the best actress race this year was really tight. There was a ton of amazing performances, and none of my favorites were included. Viola Davis should have <laughs> run as best leading actress. I felt like it was going to be impossible if she did, though. You don't think she would have won? Mm, I don't know. That performance is amazing. Well, this is this is also because everyone was talking, everyone. Jackie had not yet been seen, and everyone thought uh, that was going to be it. Yeah. But it was not. It was good, though. It was it not was. incredible. Her performance was that movie. Yeah. And, yeah, anyway, that's a different topic. But I will say some of my least favorite moments are when we are seeing Emma Stone's character's side of the story in the beginning. Yeah. Some of the worst moments are with her, which is like. They're tiny things, but she's like working. Like what? Her at the her at the coffee shop Part I just there's a whole. I think the roommate stuff is what bugs me the most. But well, we'll get to that number. Number one. Number. She's working at a coffee shop and she gets an alert on her phone that says audition now and it's like, bitch, you know when your audition is. You are not gonna be working. That just like pissed me. Off. But but, so but she's, yeah, but she's she? not working. She was That's she was true. off five minutes before that. I actually think that that was okay. The thing that bugged me the most was the boss. The <laughs> boss in this movie has two scenes, and each time she's just the fucking worst two dimensional villain. Oh yeah. For no reason whatsoever, and then you could probably go back and go, well, she's a failed actress and she's jealous and she's like, no, no, no. But it's like, no, 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 no. You put her there to strictly just be like some sort of obstacle that was not in any way believable. And it's also like, Like, well, you, uh, it's four, it's five after. I've got to go to my division. Well, you better be here early tomorrow. It's like, bitch, she was off five minutes ago. Like that line makes no sense to me. I don't think she should have been working at Warner Brothers because I've been to Warner's. Nothing's going on over there. But I think she should have been working at Universal Studios. Uh, well, I, you can go on the tours. But, <laughs> but I think she should have been working at Universal Studios in like the middle of a busy set and then just a tram goes But by. not even a barista. She should have been like hawking merchandise or doing the tours. Yeah, she should have been doing that. But I just... I 
Yeah, I so agree with that. Like, the bur- the whole barista thing is so annoying to me. And the fact that Ryan Gosling says barista wrong later How in the film. How's he saying it? Barista. No, he says barista. Barista, that's what <laughs> I'm <laughs> Like, why? Is it Canadian? Is it a Canadian thing? Probably. It must be. But then we're interested, but that number that she has with her roommates, which I have now Ooh. lost the context of how it begins. She uh, she comes home late or whatever, and she had a shitty day because her audition didn't go well, and someone spilled iced coffee on her. Yeah. That, that audition, by the way, I thought is really well done. Yeah, I love that <laughs> audition. Too, too no, no, yeah. like like the, the, her getting into it, and the oh, person okay. at the door, and you just kind of feel this yeah. tension. That she's unaware of. Yeah, and then the door opens. Yeah, I just and then hold on just a moment and like she's at the peak of the, like I actually really like that scene. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I totally sorry because I no I've seen that happen. I've been in that room when that happens. I feel like that's like the most. That's the moment where we're like, oh, we like her character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, we want to see her succeed. Yeah. But so she comes home and she's in this fabulous fucking apartment with her and she had all three we'll get into the whole why she had old movie posters all over the place and she's never seen Uh, Rome Without a Cause which (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that that's funny Um, I think the the from the beginning of the roommates entering all the way to through that first party to when she like gets to see that her car has been towed it's like my least favorite part of the whole fucking film. It could have been my favorite part of the and entire movie. And it wasn't. They ruined it. Because I was like, okay, this this could be very good. Yeah. And then it, they destroyed it. Um, it was awful. It has one of my biggest offenses. Is It has a Busby Berkeley shot, but it's a reverse Busby Berkeley shot. Uh, it's a, from when a guy jumps into a pool... And it's his point of view once he enters the pool. And we're seeing uh, the camera spins for the dancers instead of the dancers for the camera, which is so It's terrible. Wrong. It's it terrible. Is, rule number one, that's how you stage choreography on film. My God. <laughs> and also, it's like a way to ruin the opportunity for us to see a cool dance number. Because I'm like, okay, I get the, I, the whole... That's also blurry. You can't it's see so anything. It's so bad. It's so... So fucking bad, and I'm like, and I might ju- see and this these might just be dance. nitpicky, but that really bugs me if I can't see anything. No, I completely agree. That's like, in I wrote down in the fucking pool, somebody in the crowd, people would kill to be at these parties, blah blah blah. But why are you spinning around in the fucking pool? Also, why fireworks? <laughs> There's no reason for fireworks. Well, the fireworks again, I think, is an homage. Yeah, this yeah. whole thing is like this homage, but they they. It's filthy. Yeah, it's 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 sloppy. Yeah, and and there are elements of what could have been an, a really amazing musical number. Mm-hmm. Um, the song itself, to me, like this is the "I'm Not in Love" song, right? This is the. It's not even the. Is it the "I Want" song? Mm-hmm. There really isn't an "I Want" song. No, I don't I, think. I think. Right? I think it it's so adheres to how how movie musicals were designed back then. Before they had a bunch of songs written and they just wrote to the wrote yeah. The yeah. Before, like, let's say. Meet Me in St. Louis was a comment to Oklahoma. Okay. So for me, like, there was this, how do you think it would be that like that? Uh, I'm never going out again. I'm never going to a party ever again. Let's get, let's, let's excite her. Let's get her to do this thing. Yeah. Right. But ultimately it starts in one emotional place and it ends in a worse emotional place. There really isn't a transformation for her because of this. And, and, and songs don't have to have transformations. Songs can exist to just say, this is how I feel right now. But they build it as a transformation. They build it as one, right? You expect it to be one. And 
it leads into a, a, a problem I have a lighter song, but I won't get into that just yet. But uh, I just, I wanted there to be some really cool transformation with this piece. It did not happen. No. Visually, it was, it hinted at interesting, and it was not interesting whatsoever. Absolutely. No. Yeah, that's easily my, one of the worst moments for me in also, the entire film. All of the singers are soft singers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. you have a possible, you have a, oh. a trio of powerhouse singers for Herbert yeah. Mates. But you, but you also, you can't outshine her as the lead singer, right? You can't have powerhouse vocals which, yeah. for her roommates that then make her sound so Awful. soft and dainty. Yeah, which is like part of the reason you go to like cast singers instead mm-hmm. of, or at least cast an actress who can sing in a head voice, uh, not in a head voice. Well, it's because it's in her break, right? Yeah. It's all written in her break. Yeah. It's all about money. I mean, it people really came is. and saw this movie because of the two of them, so... Yeah, I just, yeah, that whole somebody in the crowd has so much potential and they shit on it because they didn't properly honor the original work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we go into Sebastian stuff. They meet, kind of. Um, also, I will say this one thing. Uh, this is like, because they divide everything into seasons winter, spring, yes. summer, fall. Uh, Christmas in LA is the best time to be. It's in one of my favorite moments of living. I love life. whenever they are in, whenever they play like Christmas music in the background, or when he's at the bar playing Christmas music. I'm like, oh, Christmas in Los Angeles. Everyone needs to experience it at yeah. least once in their life. But that's a side note because LA is definitely a character in this film. What? But. It's the third girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my! Is is. Is there anything worthy to talk about with Sebastian's section before we make them meet? No, we just learn about his sad tapas joint, samba tapas. Samba. So wait, I I was so so it's a place that plays samba and serves tapas. tapas. Samba tapas. I miss J.K. Uh, Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, basically. I, I miss I miss him playing that part because it's a. It's a good part for him. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they had to have J.K. Simmons there other than for people Maybe to be like, oh my god, that's yeah. a dude! Yeah. And he probably did it for free. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at the bar and she recognizes him from honking at her on the freeway and that's it. Are we talking about before his flashback? Yeah, yeah, because then the flashback... She recognizes him there? Yeah, that's because... I just she, thought she was just so enamored by the she like is enamored by music, which is why she goes into the bar, oh, okay. and then she's like, "Oh, it's that dude." Yeah, because later on he recognizes her at the party. At party, which and is he huge. wouldn't recognize her just from that night he got fired. He would recognize her from that girl in the car and that combined. Yeah. So they, I think they know who each other are. Oh, okay. But then his, because his flashback starts when she goes up to talk to him, and he walks. Yeah, past and then her. it cuts to him. Yeah. In the car, honking the horn. I don't really know why they split it. I think that it's a way to load a bunch of exposition in, but I don't know how valuable the split of this is what her day was like, and then this is what his day was like. I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. I I think it adds 10 minutes to the film. It doesn't, because you could have shuffled it together and it would have been the same length, and it would have felt more... I actually don't mind it as a writer, Mm -hmm. as as a choice from the writer's perspective. I think it's an interesting way to... I mean, because as we said, her story is the most interesting anyway, and it's the most relatable and the one we lean into the most. Yeah. Give us her story first. And then... And then give us his world as well. And and show that he's, you know, try to show 
that he is not as much of a dick as he, he seems. He really is a but dick. But he is a dick. Like, he's a self-absorbed butthole. If they had shuffled the... Yeah. Rumpy about his life. If they had gone back and forth with their stories leading up to that moment, we would not want to see them together. That's true. But we, we want her... We now want her to succeed so much that... I think that's why they made that choice. Yeah. And so I... Which then makes the ending of the movie interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think there's anything worthy to talk about Sebastian. No. <laughs> oh, other than He's the He's a sad jazz boy. <sighs> Who are the great sister. <laughs> I, I hate Truly. to really talk about music in movies. I don't understand why I don't like it. You know Damien Chazelle was so... <laughs> I don't know how to say his fucking name. Was so proud of his monologues about jazz. Because there's like three monologues in this movie that are all of this white boy explaining jazz to a white girl. And it's like, you know... Damage Chazelle was like, but uh, but then he also crazy. explains movies to her at the same time, which yeah. I know is something that there's I do a as lot a white of man. Mans, I do all the time. There's so a lot of mansplaining in this film. Imagine, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you. All right, take that scene in the jazz club. Yes, when he's explaining jazz to her. Remove jazz. Make it improv. Oh God! Right? There was there was actually when we walked out of the film when we saw it together for the first time I was like, can you even imagine him talking about improv? Like (laughs) I literally the way way, it's never the same. It's always different. There's always tension. There's always this. I was like, I was like, this is a this is a dude who just is in like level D. Yeah, and he is just (laughs) fucking in love with improv. And which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know, I I I teach improv. I love that shit. But also, like... But also, it's the worst. Yeah. Oh, God. That's like, so this, Like, you know that this character has, like, several jazz tattoos. Uh, <laughs> he has a music note on his shoulder. Yeah. God bless it. Oh, my God. And he learned to play the piano for this movie. Like, fuck you, Ryan. Oh, he learned to play the piano? Or he, he, like, he learned how to play it differently? No, he, like, he, he, he learned how to he play the songs. He learned at least how to play the all songs, the songs, right. yeah. And then... Uh, Which I like. I don't yeah. Like they and then they go. Let's just go to the pool party. I like the pool party scene. Oh, with the eighties band. The eighties band. The eighties band. I think that is a fun ass scene, and it's. I only like with it because Jason Fuchs. Yeah, yeah, I like it because we get to see Emma Stone do a tiny bit of comedy. Just, <laughs> just a tiny bit. But I like that scene. I think just it's stupid bit. and fun, and everyone's bathing suits are really cute. Yeah. But like <sighs> on a base level. It's also more revealing of how awful he it's, is. It's the it's the second time where I was really bored by a scene in this movie. I was, I, I can't. I hate being bored in a movie. It's so awful. It, it's it just makes something happen, make something good, or make something bad happen. At least make it watchable. But they're just standing there and talking about stuff I don't care about. Are you talking about like later with the two of them talking? Yeah. To each other. Okay. I thought we were talking like not up to the point where she requests the song. That's okay. That that to me is yeah. I think goes along the lines. Not just is she funny, like the the writer. Yeah. Like there's a lot of buzz about me. Like I think that that's like shit. That's fucking real. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's there's some really good snapshots of Los Angeles in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank God. I also <laughs> think like in I across the entire film they have made the decision to make everyone who is not Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling the worst person ever. They, like, villainize everyone else by making them, like, materialistic or an asshole or self-absorbed. And I'm like, 
why would you make that decision? There's like no other real humans in this film. And I don't even think of like... Except for her sister. Yeah. But we only get two minutes of her in total. So it's like, to me, I, I think it's such a shallow decision to make everyone else so shallow Mm -hmm. it's like yeah there's people exist in los angeles but like it's not everyone i don't know i just that pool party and then like later on when we meet emma stone's boyfriend's family or the the friends yeah like what the fuck is happening here what was the name of the song that they... Are we moving ahead? Like, yeah, yeah, we're moving ahead, please. Uh, so, A Lovely Night. Right? That's the one I enjoy the most. Really? Not much happens. True. And it's it's still got the same flaw of this whole nonsense, look at me, I'm doing one take thing. Uh, I think if it was anyone and else... And taps you scraping on the pavement, which is the worst noise. So much scraping. Um... I think it was anyone but it's else the only singing piece of, it. It's the only piece of music I enjoy. If it was anyone else singing it, I would love this number. Yeah. But the fact that you... This is the first time we hear the both of them sing together. It's like, we don't need to do this again. Uh, yeah. Because Ryan doesn't sound good. No. And Emma is... It's too low. Doing Emma. And it's just not... If that was like a... There's no strength behind any of these songs in the singing or in the dancing. Yeah. I'm always like, someone should have made Emma Stone lift some weights. Like, do some more weight training, and then, like, show me how you move your body. Because I feel like there's just a lot of flinging around of limbs. I'm like, ugh, you're trying. I don't know. I really wanted to like this number because I love tap dancing, but... So do I. It just didn't do it for me. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. It's, as is the movie, right? Like, the, to me, this song is, like, the epitome of the movie. It's incredible cinematography... But what they're shooting, the action is fine. Yeah, the, the dancing feels somewhat. Which could equal the entire movie. Right, yeah. right. It, it, it. it uh, again, I am holding this movie at incredibly high standards. Yeah. Because one, they are trying to be equal to these movies that they're nodding to, which are phenomenal films. And two, the marketing behind this film is making me think that this movie is more than it is. Oh, absolutely. And so that's where my contrast comes in, right? Which is the hype was the hype was ridiculous and selling it as this Oscar film, which it was not. Like if this movie was released in June as just an art house film, I would have been like, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that it was being called better than hashtag Moonlight, that's where my I immediately went, wait, what? Right? Yeah. But so this movie is this the this, this song is charming. It is cute. You see their connection, their chemistry as performers, but it could have been so much more of Stair and Rogers. Like it could have been so much more of that beautiful dancing and beautiful partner dancing. This is also at the point in the film where I was like. They need to stop putting Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in movies together. Because yeah, they used the to maybe gone. had chemistry, and now I just look at them as like brother and sister. But I've only seen yeah, one of them before. In Crazy Stupid Love, is the only thing they've done. They did, a, they did a, like a, a movie in the 20s. Like a, what's what, what, oh, yeah, Pro- They did like a Prohibition movie or something. Yeah. Gangster Squad. Yes. Okay. There might have been one more. I don't know. I feel like now that I see them on, sta- on screen together, I'm just like, you guys are fun, but... Yeah, I don't think they'll probably ever do it again. There's no spark there anymore. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Again, I, I watched this, and at the end of it, I was like, okay. 
Like, it just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. I did like the the cuteness of him walking all the way back to his car, which was right in front of the house. I thought that was That's a really like nice the, character. The, yep. It was a really nice character reveal uh, that he really wants to spend time with her. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think everything after this does not much to talk about it's mostly montages and of course the big song i do like montages though because they're not talking or singing or, or yeah it's them walking around la which I, I i have a problem with the way they use los angeles in this movie they don't use it to its full i guess extent potential yeah i could see that los angeles is a very big city and it has a lot of history, and there's a lot to be seen in it. I would have loved for them to have gone to different places instead of just the... The typical <laughs> tourist. Yeah. I get that. I get that. But uh, that's just me. That's just the Los Angelinos. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my best friend lives in L.A. Has, he's lived there for probably five or six years at this point. And we were out there a couple weeks ago and had dinner, and, and he revealed to me, like, he had, he, he's like, I have to tell you something. Like, like he was coming out to me. I really liked La La Land. Because <laughs> he knew, uh, because of my Facebook presence, how much of a fan I was not. Yeah. And and we had a long debate about it. And I and, I, and he just knows L.A. different than I do. Mm-hmm. And he was enamored by the love that this film has for Los Angeles. Like, he, he drank that Kool-Aid because, t- to him, it really represented a lot of the elements of the city he loved so much. Yeah. But he is not from Los Angeles, yeah. right? He didn't grow up there. So I feel like, did you grow up in L.A.? Yeah. And you grew up in L.A. Yes. Did you guys know each other before you moved to Chicago? Yeah. A little, little bit. bit, yeah. A little bit. We ran in like the same circles. Okay. The same high school theater circles. Yeah. <laughs> I make it sound a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah, the LA, the L.A. high school theater circles are pretty, pretty tough. So cool. You know yeah. what? They are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with those kids. Um, so, so I feel like his... his uh, the way he viewed this movie was different yeah. than somebody who grew up in the city. Would. I think across the, I, I completely agree with that I think across the board for people who are not familiar with LA or California as a whole, this is like yes, this is La La Land. Like this is because people think of California as like this fucking mystical world where anything and everything good is happening. But like as people who grew up there, I'm like. Yeah, no, it's, it's this weird place in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's not in the middle of, it's nowhere, a middle of the weird, desert. Basically. And then it's also, to me, because I have so many friends who have moved out to L.A. to like pursue acting and to pursue this dream, and they love the film because it's like their life story. Yeah. But to me, it's also incredibly unrealistic. One, yes, it's a beautiful place. No one walks in the city, so when they're walking around the city, <laughs> I'm, so I'm like, fuck you like, guys. No one walks across a bridge. Um, but it's also like... To me, when she gets that final audition, I'm like, fuck you. That is not how that works. And also, it bothered me, too, that one of her roommates was a casting director. I'm like, that's a big deal. And they, like, don't pay attention to that. Oh, she's an agent. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was a casting director. No, she, she I'll, submits. I'll submit you. I'll she submit you. She's an agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But I'm just like, they're so... And then, like, being invited to a big party like that, I'm like, that's a big fucking deal that I know a lot of my friends would kill yeah. for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, sad the whole time. I don't know. I, like, I agree. Because, like, the one part of the montage when they go up the, what is it, the Monk Angels' Hill. Flight? Yeah. That hasn't been open in, in so years, long. Yeah. I was there in November, and it wasn't open. 
Like they just there's so many unrealistic views of it. Of six Flags. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, that you, as someone who like knows it, it's like yes, I love the Griffith Observatory. It's a beautiful place, but it's but not I would, really. I would love Los Angeles. for them to go to like Chinatown or go to like Koreatown, where everyone lives. Yes. Like oh god. There's a, it's a, it's again big city, lots of things to be seen. But I just what I would have loved for them to show maybe even the darker aspects of LA. <laughs> they go to Skid Row and are tap dancing down. They go to the Six Street. God. You know that character doesn't live in Koreatown. Yeah, no, no there's that. There no, no way. there's no, no way. She's like a Los Feliz kind of girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that, that apartment that she lives in. It's a huge apartment. It's for three people, for four people. And why would she move out of that place to live with that dude in that yeah, small little hole? Yeah, fuck that. No. no. Poor choices. No. Like with the weird green light from Streetcar. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, are we, what, what's, what's the next we thing? We can... Um, I was going to ask some Questions? Thoughts, yeah. Some questions. Okay, what is the... What's the best moment of the film? Oh, the finale. The entire, like, the huge epilogue, montage, yeah. the epilogue. Yeah, uh, that was, watching it the first time, that was my favorite part. Yeah. I, I called it in my head, I kept calling it the ballet. Yeah. Whatever I think I've heard it was the ballet. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I think that's the strongest moment. I also think it's a very... And it's, and it's the everything that we wanted. Like, we want the big paper sets that yeah. we want. I think... Okay, so what's the worst moment? Anything with John Legend. <laughs> oh, really? It's just, I'm, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what... what. There is a attempt, there's an attempt at creating conflict, I think, when it comes that's to what I think that's John what it Legend. Is. It's, and it's like the weakest type of conflict. Uh, I, I think his performance is fine. Yeah. I think that, I love his singing voice, so he could sing a garbage song and I would still love it. Yeah, oh, which he does. Which he does. <laughs> which he does. Um... For me, while I like that the film has a grounded fight scene, yeah, I felt like the thing that instigates that fight is is so f- like uh, obviously fabricated. Yeah, it's like so petty. like the thing that they the thing that they argue about the the you know like do you enjoy the music you're doing? No, but I thought that's what you wanted me to do. And it's like. It just it just feels so fake. It feels so unrealistic in terms of like what would break them up. Absolutely. And especially because to me, I think it's also stupid of Ryan Gosling's character to be like, Well, I did this for you because like you need we needed yeah. money. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like that's so dumb to like and the fact that it like it when he's like has these f- moments of physical pain on his face when he's performing with this band. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're making a ton of money, and yeah, you're not like Miles Davis in a smoky bar in a basement, <laughs> but like you're you're doing to some extent what you want to be doing. I think the idea of like artistic sacrifice in this film is a joke. Yes, there's this there's this like uh, the sense that selling out is a bad thing. Yeah. And, but that's not how the world works. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you don't get to do the thing that you love and the way that you do it from the get go. No. You, you, you take steps to get to that place. Yeah. Well, cause I remember in high school, I was like, I will never do a hemorrhoid commercial. But now I'm like, where are the hemorrhoid commercials? Let <laughs> right. me do them. Right. Because it's, you have to become realistic about what you're doing. And I think 
one of the problems with Ryan Gosling's character is he's never a realistic person who has ever been like, oh, maybe I need to actually put some work in. Right. Uh, can I also say my second least favorite thing about this yes. film? Yes. Uh, it's not really a moment. It's just... It's her one-woman play. Yes! <laughs> it is! It is the fact that she obviously spent so much money and on a set what was it called? for this uh, leaving boulder or something like yeah. that. Like this, or, but, oh but, but like this one woman show that has this elaborate set in this giant theater. The it's theater. like, no, she'd have 45 minutes at Second City. Yeah. And, in a block. Yeah, and right? And she'd have like a Bentwood chair in a block. Oh. And like that, that would be, like it was such a movie version oh of like God. what that is. Eight people show up, but it just happened to be one one also, one person. Also, like, don't yeah. you have any friends? What's going? I, yeah. to that because part of that one show. That's the that's the setup to one? that's the setup to that's the result of my least favorite part of the film, which is would separate from the pool. No, from the pool party. I hate the expositional monologue as they're walking through the lot when he comes to visit her at work. And it's like, let's go walk around. My aunt showed me films. Yeah, my aunt showed me films, and I always wanted to be an actor, and I was like this protege. Like, I... And then he's like... That's the And then it's that moment of, oh, here's the white man solving your problem. Write your own rules and make history. Fuck, Fuck you. you. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, oh, Where's the epilogue so where leaving photos on Broadway? <laughs> yeah, and there's no... I'm sorry. You're going to get more than eight people to come to your show. And it's also like the one person who came is the one casting yeah. director. Ridiculous. Where was that performance space? Where is she? I wish it was like a well-known performance space. I know. I had no there. idea where that was, but... Yeah. I was going to say that like, she should have done it at the rep, but that's not even in no. the city. <laughs> <laughs> Inside. Did you say your least favorite? My oh, my least favorite. Oh. Or the worst. My the worst. You mean you hated everything with John Legend? There has to be like a least favorite moment. <sighs> oh, her standing in front of the movie screen at Rebel Without a Cause. That's just me <laughs> being. Get out of the way, bitch! I'm reading the credits. Sit down. God. <laughs> Except that I love that costume. The the costumes the that they wear. Yeah. No, she's wearing that green. Oh, oh then, with the green necklace. And then yeah. he has the sort of like beige suit. They look real sharp together. There are some sharp costumes. Even though I like the moment where they hold hands for the first time, because I I enjoy movies where people hold hands in like a big romantic way. Uh, but it. Uh, the her standing from the movie screen ruined it for me. I don't know why, but it's a but also, really like, awful moment. You're not allowed into the Griffith Observatory after a certain amount of time. So that whole and it would never be empty. Scene. In every movie, the Griffith the so Griffith bad. Observatory is empty. It's always packed. No. Yeah, I think that is true though. The fact that she'd never seen Rebel Without a Cause, but she has Ingrid Bergman on her bedroom wall. But she loves, she loves Casablanca. Oh my god. Okay, but you know what the worst line in the entire film is, though, right? My aunt used to live in Paris. No, oh. well, there's that. Um, it's the, uh, it's LA where they worship everything and value nothing. Oh, yeah. Do you have a worst line or a I don't know. Right, right the dialogue is so. As I, was, as, I was laying, as I was laying in bed last night rewatching this garbage film, <laughs> there were times where I was like, I should write that down. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's not worth it not worth it God. I think my my least favorite 
bit of, bit of, bit of dialogue would be him explaining jazz to her at that club. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because, yeah, it really, I viscerally now remember thinking that that could be a white guy talking about improv. Mm -hmm. It's so gross. It's so gross. Is there any way we could fix this film? Um, so, so here's the thing. Is it worth saving? Is it worth saving? <laughs> uh, the concept of this movie is still interesting. Yeah. Me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I love the idea. Because of, it is, it's the, it's a tale as old as chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is, is that I, I ultimately don't want them together. Yeah. And it's a love story, right? It's what they are. The homage is to love stories. Yes. But they, 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 it's so clear to us they shouldn't be together so early on that I, that I don't care for them to get together. Yeah. Um, and so then it becomes, is it, is it a love story? Is it her story? And we're watching her try to reach her goals. Like whose movie is See, it? Yeah. I have, and so I think it just needs, good, it just needs, yeah, it just needs clarification. Cause I had that moment rewatching the ending this morning of like, so this is her film, but also part of me was like, okay, so had he gone with her to Paris, which is the, the epilogue montage dream mm -hmm. sequence we see, they, th she would have gotten what she wanted. She still got what she wanted because she got a dude and she got a little baby and she did her movie and became very successful, which is the assumption. But that he made. got what he needed. But yes. he and see that's what pisses me off because it's like you know what he could have gone to France too and I think it was they he, we they created this character that we do not care about him like I don't give a shit about Ryan Gosling but if they had made us care about him we would have seen oh, okay they didn't end up together but they got they each got their their artistic dreams but it's like he could have gone with her it was an, a matter of like to me it was kind of like it's like it was like anti-feminist it mm. was like oh, okay you guys are separating because he needs to live his dream and you need to live yours but, like, she still ended up with a dude and a baby. Yeah. So, like, why couldn't he... And a just, career. Yeah, why couldn't have he just gone with her? Like, to me, it was, like, he's bailing on her to go do his dream. But it's, like, I don't know. It, it aggravated me this morning. I was, like, Ugh, why? Does anyone have to make a sacrifice? I think the, um, another problem is that I don't believe the romance ever. No, I'm with you. That brother-sister thing is a really great way of, of, of explaining their relationship is... I enjoy watching them together when they're being silly and goofing off, but I don't believe the love. I don't no, believe that there's, there's love there. No, there's no doesn't, romance. Ooh, they don't... Damien Chazelle, I don't think, ooh, like, puts goopy romance in that. I think this movie needs it. Yeah. Um, it needs the unbelievable... I mean, if I can believe Leslie Caron, who was, who was, like, 20 years younger than Gene Kelly in American in Paris, I, I need to, like, I, I need to believe this one. Yeah. A more believable romance, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also think that goes to them not being dancers because yeah. you can create chemistry with dancing and like, cause you watch like Gene Kelly dance with anyone or yeah. you watch Fred Astaire dance with anyone and you're like, well, like kiss, they're kiss, definitely going to yeah. fuck. Like, it's right. like, oh, yeah, this is, they're like, cause you learn how to use your bodies 
in a musical you watch their bodies because that's part of the experience and the extensions and the the shapes of their bodies create together but in this it's like no these are just like a brother and sister performing at their Easter recital like it's not it's not there's never a moment of heat between them it got lost in the star power I think if this movie was a smaller film made with people who can sing and can dance and like maybe a couple people of color that I, may, I maybe legend. would have liked it more uh, yeah, there's no reason why neither of those characters had to be like there's no reason that either of those characters had to be white yeah. by any means. because I also would love because I think I will say that I think the music is great also his first film mirrors this movie quite a bit and they'd also repeat two people of color I think mm. the music could be so much better if it were stronger singers I, I like I would listen to these songs if it were people who knew how to I also wanted more music. I think Justin Her- Justin Herbert's music is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I could have used more of it. Uh, and that actually goes to my favorite song of this movie, which is City of Stars. Really? I but the jo- but the John Legend version from the Oscars oh, of that yeah, song. That's true. Hearing it sing properly. Hearing it sung properly in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in an emotionally stimulating way made me go like, oh, this song is good yeah. yeah it's just not well done in the movie no because i mean my favorite song is another day of sun just because like it gives me lit but like i, just I can't think lyrics. there yeah. i i love the i i love music wise the epilogue music oh, is my favorite because it takes the best of and they and they jazz everything up and they make it sound real fun because they t- they do like her audition song and it's like much it's like much up tempo mm. and it sounds so good i'm like that's great uh, just only do that. Yeah. But yeah. Again, that epilogue is, it, I think it works. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few things. That I was the movie. closest I got to being emotional while watching the film when in we the saw theater? it the first yeah. time. Yeah. I was really happy they didn't end up together. Spoiler yes. alert. <laughs> yeah, I think it is good that they don't end up together. I think, but I also would have been okay if they had and he had been the one who didn't get his jazz bar. Like, I would have been like, good, it's her movie where she gets to succeed and he has to take care of the baby. Yeah. But I also am glad that they don't end up together because you because you see that epilogue as, like, this sort of dream sequence. Like, in an ideal world, this is what would have happened. But, like, would that really have happened if he had gone with her? Probably not. Yeah. Like, it probably would not have gone that way. Right. Is there... If you could cut any song from this movie, what would it be? Ooh, let's look at the song list real quick. Um, Start a fire. <laughs> is that is that Start the? Fire. Yeah, just get rid of absolutely. it. But 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 I think it's needed. I think it's needed to show the kind of music that he's doing. Because I it, think it could be in a montage though. I don't think we need that concert sequence of her being like, oh my god. What is, what is this? Yeah. She like fades away. In the yeah. oh, no, no. I mean, I under that that scene exists to push the plot forward, while it leads to a fight that I think is very fabricated. Yeah. But I think that that song that it, it reminds me first and foremost of like a Matchbox Twenty song. <laughs> but I think it's necessary to show that he's not doing the music he really wants to do. Um, could you cut something? Um, there's only like five songs in the movie, right? And they're just kind of repeated throughout yeah. different variations. Oh, you know what I would cut, though? If I could cut a scene. What? And it's a lot of people's favorite thing. I would cut the planetarium. Yeah, I would, too. Mmm. They could have another... They could watch the end. I would have saved... I think that was too fanciful. Even 
for with the ending that comes later, I would rather just have saved it all for the end. For the yeah, end. I could see that. I think it have flown in the end too. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about dancing in the sky that is just like romance. Like it's it's Mulan Rouge, right? Yeah. They they, yeah, they, they do that in that movie. They do that in the movie. They, they dance in the clouds as the moon sings to them. And we love Mulan Rouge, Kayla. We do. I love <laughs> Mulan Rouge. So Saw it three times in the theater. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, it's the first movie I ever saw with my husband. Aww. That's so cute. Aww. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, I guess, let's talk about Do you, this, I uh, have a question. Yeah, Do you guys think they will put this on stage? Yes. It's, I think uh, at least it's like a benefit concert. Yeah. Really? Like a staged reading, but never. I don't know if it'll be a Broadway musical. I think it's happening. I can see I think it. anything can happen. But you have to have... Singers. No, obviously they're gonna do that. But see, but see, to be honest with you, putting this on stage may actually make this work okay. because oh, totally. you're going to cast. They're going to cast people who can sing and dance. They're going to pump the shit out of all of these dance numbers. They're going to turn uh, someone in the crowd into a, a huge, huge stage number, number like our be our guest kind of thing, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, I would watch this musical on stage. I think it actually could improve it. And then, once they've improved upon it and made it a better stage musical, remake, it. remake the movie, Beating the Beast style, and like <laughs> make it a better movie. Oh, no. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> oh, no. I still haven't seen it. I really need to see it. You don't need to see it. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think this stands anywhere in the history I think of we'll. I, I honestly think in 20 years we will... Sorry, Damien Chazelle. I'm sorry for the people that are on Twitter that complain that, that like love to hate people that hate La La Land. Um, but I think we'll forget about it in 20 years. I agree. What movie? La <laughs> Thank you. 20 years? <laughs> Not even. I think the... I think I think there's, there's still a lot of power with, with it right now. There's a, oh, now, absolutely. Now that it's on yeah. DVD, people yeah. really love it. Um, What's DVD? Uh, <laughs> things that I own. All the things that I own. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean it's streaming? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. When you can uh, I just think that, like, it's so. I think we are past the age of movie musicals, unfortunately. No, no you watch your mouth. I know. I mean, I don't want that, but I just like if to me if they couldn't do this well enough. I mean, people think they did this well. Yeah. So we are. Pretty much in a minority, but if they couldn't do this the way they should have done it, what like for original movie musicals, how do you make a better one? See, that's different. An original movie musical, that's a different thing, right? Other movie musicals, those can do it. I mean, like Beauty and the Beast is at like three hundred and something million dollars right now. Wicked will make a a million. Oh God, when is that movie coming out? Christmas twenty nineteen. Is but no, we'll see. No, that's the. For sure, sure. But they haven't done any casting yet, have they? No, they've stayed, they're still writing it. Interesting. Um, I I think that we'll still have original movie musicals. I don't think that we'll have uh, and just big. Make, I mean, we have television, right? Yeah. Television now is so different than television in the fifties and sixties that we will continue to have musical television shows. Yeah, absolutely. But I was thinking about this last night. I don't think that we'll ever see. A surge of original movie musicals ever again. No, no, it's just not. It's, Especially th- this budget. is. Th- it's just like the artist did not mean that we're going to have the silent movies, huge silent film push, right? No, it's 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 a it's a standalone uh, thing. But, but we're, we're definitely going to see a lot of senior year thesis films that are musicals. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a bunch of them because all those boys saw La La Land and went, oh, I can do that. I don't have to be David Fincher. Yeah. Great. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> there were, no, I mean, I worked in a movie theater and there was just throngs of college boys who came in and they're like, oh my God, I, have you seen Singing in the Rain? Because like, that's what it's like. <laughs> Smack them. Yeah. And then turn them around and make them go watch Moonlight. God, truly, <laughs> like, Damien Chazelle looks like a every other boy at the Columbia Film School. Yeah. Any film school, actually. I'm just like, I... I hate that he has had success. I don't, because he's not bad at what he's he does. Not. No, just, but I'm not. I'm not crazy about the other. The, not to me, he just—it's another. He is. He, they are breeding him to be what they want him to be. Yeah, and we'll he's long, going. We'll, we'll also see how long he lasts. That's. I mean, that's you know, true. What is well, his that next dude's going to be around for a very long, a long time? A long time. He'll be executive producing television series. He is. He is a business. He is a brand. <laughs> He's not going anywhere, and and I, and it's the machine, like you know what I mean. Like I can't hate him on that. It's the, yeah, it's the machine. It's part process. of it. I just I I will say I love the inner the tape the roundtable interview he did with uh, Donald Glover. Oh, with uh, John Favreau, Donald Glover, Lin Manuel, and and Issa Rae. he was talking about how hard it was to make this film, and the looks on Lin Manuel's face and Donald's face were like, "Fuck you, talking about." Yeah. <sighs> God. Issa Rae was at that table too. Yeah, it was John. It was like John. Favre they were just like, excuse me. Yeah, it was like a dinner for five reboot, basically. Okay, okay, okay. God. Have to watch that. Yeah, it, it's uh, those Hollywood roundtables. Those Hollywood reporter roundtables are my favorite bits of sociology. They are crazy. People. People's reactions to other people's comments are the greatest. Oh, uh, they don't know because they they don't want to be with those people. They don't care. They just, they just thought it was like an interview just for them. Selma yeah. Hayek. Oh, that some high round table at uh, Sundance is also nuts. Um, Did you hear about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's generational. It really is a generational thing. I and I've this is a tangent that we're going on, but like I've noticed like generational differences in feminism are frightening. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, Grandma, you should not say that. Why? But it's 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 also it's generational in regards to sex to um I'm sorry to gender, but also in regards to race as well. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like a forty year old uh, Latina's experience in Hollywood is going to be different than a twenty year old Latina experience in Hollywood, and what they um what they fight against and, and how they cope and what too. they and what they say. Well, that's just part of it. You know, like exactly. That's all. It's just different for everybody. Yeah. Because they've all had their different experiences. It's. So it's it's hard to say one is right and one is wrong, and I am not the person to say one is right and one is None wrong. None of us are. Um, but but I find it very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! So La La Land. Closing the book. Finally. I'm never watching this again. I probably won't ever. It's see just two while. hours too long. It's a drag. Once you like realize. It's not what you want. And man, I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be the best movie. I was like, this is going to make me feel so much better about the world. I just drank that Kool-Aid to go see that movie. I was so excited for it. I know. I think it was so easy to because they promised so many things in those trailers. Well, then I felt like I was the problem because so many of my friends were like, like a lot of Mm -hmm. people were just like, it's amazing. It's making my top 10. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it doesn't even scrape my top 20. No. Yeah, as much as I wanted it to. Well, can we talk about Moonlight? You can. You can talk. Guys, about if you haven't seen Moonlight yet, it really is the greatest film of probably the last three years. I think but so. But The Lobster was so amazing. Yeah. Lobster, <laughs> Tyler, Moonlight, Tyler, Moonlight, Tyler, Moonlight, are you Moonlight. Ready for what I'm about to tell you? Uh oh, you've oh. never seen Moonlight. I fell asleep. <gasps> <laughs> but I was in bed and it was warm and I was. Oh my god, so he's cool. leaving. 
Oh, I left. put it. I, I'll rewatch it. I will. Uh, angry right now. Oh, well, I'll rewatch it. When this did you fall asleep during Moonlight? Do you remember? No. I saw it opening weekend. Uh, yeah, I was landmark. Here in my theater. Yeah, you were <laughs> off. You were off. I think I actually messaged you. But uh, oh my god, I, that movie ended, and I grabbed the seat in front of me and just started shaking, shaking it because the tension is. But I'll you wouldn't know because you haven't seen the other movie. Watch. I, I, because I, I. That was my reaction after 20th Century Women. I, <laughs> I sat in the theater and sobbed. My boyfriend watched it, and he said it was fantastic. Oh, he so would good. absolutely agree with you. Uh, I just fell asleep. I, I want a sequel to Moonlight. I want a sequel to Moonlight. Where the two of them just make beautiful love for two hours and, yeah. then, and then hold each other. That's cute. I, I would see that movie. I just want that movie. And I don't want it to be like graphic. I just want their love making. Uh, yeah. But La La Land I will never see again. Probably not. And now it's on my computer. Yeah, of, 20, of, of all the years of 2016 movies that I, that I saw, and there was a, one of, this will be one of my favorite years. It's a good year. Ever. Oh my God. It's a good year. Uh, <laughs> I still need to see it. Uh, 20th Century Woman. 20th Century Woman was life changing. Oh, um, but I'm I'm glad to finally like close the book. Yeah, file this one away for never. All right. You're what are your favorite like the movies you're most anticipating that you have not seen yet? Oh. 2017. I don't know. You're always the one that tells me what's going on in film. I'm so excited to I'm see. I'm really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. I am a geek for the sci-fi fuckery and like I love I just I'm really excited for it from like a, a purely entertainment value oh, yeah. no like this is gonna win awards I just like I have such a good time at at, at the at that first movie that mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for it what's I'm a coming. huge Marvel nerd I love all the Marvel movies um I guess I would say the new Noah Baumbach that's going on Netflix sadly um mm-hmm. I would say Call Me By Your Name. I don't know any of these. Oh, that's the, See, that's the, that's the, one the new tells me fancy all. big gay romance that, I don't know that exploded at Sundance. This. Is that the one that shot at Wrigley? Some gay movie shot at Wrigley. No, this, 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 yeah. this, this was filmed in Italy with Army Hammer. and. <gasps> yes! Oh, that book! Yes. Yes. I bought it. I haven't read it yet. Yes. Ooh, what do we think of Detroit? Oh, I love Catherine Bigelow, so I'll, see, I'll do anything to live with her. I don't know about it's it. Got it's got John Boyega as a cop in Detroit in the 60s. 60s. Oh, interesting. Yes. It'll be interesting. So Catherine, I Catherine. thought it was going to be a movie version of the play that was in Steppenwolf a couple years ago. Oh, where awesome. Catherine, yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't know that that would make a good film. Uh, no, okay, Catherine Bigelow. Oh, and the Suspiria remake. That's awesome. Oh, interesting. Yes, with Tilda and Dakota Johnson. Oh, interesting. They have that on DVD. Oh, there's a Defenders teaser trailer out? I'll say one last thing, The Beguiled. That's okay. not out yet? I thought that came out no, last year and summer. I just missed it. No, oh, summer. I'm excited for Unforgettable with uh, Catherine, Catherine Heigl. Heigl and Rosario Dawson. We're done. I just want to see Rosario Dawson <laughs> beat the shit out of Catherine No, Heigl. no. I don't need Do any more of those movies. I won't pay done. for it. We're done. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you so much, you guys. It was so much fun. Please have me back someday. We won't. From a movie you like. <laughs> for a movie I like. Yes. I just want to talk positively about a musical. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh yeah, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. iTunes, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, all of it. See you next week.